hello, good evening, and welcome. I'm Simon Bestwick. And I'm Gemma Files, and this, of course, is No Ooh, darkness, darkness, But Ours. Welcome to the third part of our discussion on underground horror. You can find a link to parts one and two of our talk in the description below. So, back to where I was going to go, which is archaeological horror. <laughs> and archaeological yes. horror often takes place underground. Um, and again, this is about digging stuff up and possibly digging too far and digging up stuff you shouldn't. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's like, oh, hmm, there's this big lid on it that says, don't go yeah. down there. Oh, yeah, let's just blow it up. Crack! Like, <laughs> crossing boundaries and violating, crossing boundaries, breaking, breaking a, a taboo, breaking a, a so it's sometimes not one you even you even realized you were yeah you were doing. Um, but that, uh, but you know, as as with so much else, you know, whether whether you intended it or not doesn't matter. <laughs> you did it, and now you're fucked. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, one of my favorite, um, um, one of my favorite found footage movies from like the last ten years is uh, As Above, So Below. God, yes, yes, that one's amazing, and it's uh, I like it. Um, I mean, of course, a, a lot of underground horror does mm. to fall back on the sort of we went down somewhere dark. And there's a thing, and ah, it got me. Um, yeah. And as above, so below is something quite different from that. It is that kind of numinous experience, and it is that kind of you go again. Yeah, the Orphic journey, and yeah. you know, from the very beginning. I mean, I love the fact that the main character Scarlet is a is a female archaeologist who's also studied alchemy. You know, she comes from a she comes from at least a line of people who are interested in weird shit and how that weird shit goes together um, to form even odder stuff. And she really is, you know, I mean, I, I think she is on an Orphic journey because she's constantly seeing, you know, images of her dead dad. Um, yeah. And the guilt is driving her to go down further and further towards the land of the dead. You know, um, sometimes you go to the land of the dead just to see the person who's dead. Yeah. Sometimes you go to the land of the dead to try and get that person back, but yeah. that almost never works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. probably never never works out as you wanted it to anyway. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. Yeah. But there is this real feeling that all places under the earth are kind of connected to each other, and so you know you begin under the earth in uh, Iraq, um, in you know, <laughs> in a place that's in the in the process of being bombed it's in the yeah. process of being brought down <laughs> around you you know and then you end up in paris going down into the paris catacombs and where you eventually find possibly the philosopher's stone uh possibly the key to immortality but then you go a little further down and you discover the gate to hell um and there, and it absolutely is that thing of you have to go through hell. If you're going through hell, keep going. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to go through hell to emerge from hell. <laughs> you know? um, and you know, there's there's just so much to like about that movie. Yeah, I remember people were really pissy about it when it first came out, but a lot of people have discovered it again since then, or or have discovered it for the first time since then. And um, yeah, it remains one of my one of my favorite, um, yeah, 
uh, weird little side trips because yeah. it is so character based. Yes, uh, you don't yeah. get with most. You know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sad to say you don't get with most uh, with most found footage stuff, which you would you would expect you would, but no. You yes, don't. the trouble is with I mean. For horror to work, it, it's so often rooted in character. It's so often rooted in the psychology of the people involved. And too often you get people who... I mean, I think I think the situation's improved a lot. But too often you would get people who had very little interest in character and only interested in special effects and other forms of cleverness. Like, we could mention the... I mean, look at... I would, I would say, look at the Jan de Bont remake of The Haunting, but I suspect yeah. your response would be, no, I won't, and you can't make me. <laughs> Um, no, I've, I've seen I've seen it uh, I've seen it three times. <laughs> I, the last time I did it on my own hook, I was like, it can't possibly be as be as bad as I remember it being. Oh, but it was. Oh, I, I've seen it once, and I was high at the time, and a large part of it is a blank. But even the stuff I, the bits I remember seeing were that, oh God, this is dog shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's trying real hard and there's some interesting things in there, but they don't go in any of those directions. <laughs> I, think, I, get if, I mean, in remake terms, I'm suspecting it's maybe not as bad as the Nicolas Cage version of, of The Wicker Man, but that is not yeah, exactly. Yeah, that it would be super hard to be as bad as that. It would be super <laughs> hard to, you know, um, take something and fuck it up that badly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the two things with the uh, the two things with um, the Yandabont, the haunting is, you know, that that jump out at me are a why would you ever go to that house? Because every fucking part of it looks haunted. <laughs> it's like there's there's literally a room in the middle of it that is just there to freak you out you know the revolving room with the fucking mirrors and you know some kind of strange ass <laughs> you know it's like what is this for i don't know i don't know why this is here you know it's like i mean the <laughs> I think the, house, actually, the house in the original version of the haunting, the Robert Wise haunting. Oh hell yeah, that's you how know, you that's, do it. That's a that's a really that's a really great you know it's like okay it's a mansion but it's not a ridiculously huge mansion that takes up like fucking ten acres or something like that. It it looks like a house that people lived in. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, I think and weirdness about it is like you know what's this shape in the wallpaper. Why does it look like a screaming child's mouth? You know, stuff like that. Um, and did it come out at the same time as um, the Blair Witch Project. Oh, I think it did actually. I just, and... I just remember one one sort of article about you know sort of horror films that said you know uh, both uh, both the, the remake of The Haunting and Blair Witch Project have had their audiences screaming um, intentionally with terror in the case of Blair Witch and unintentionally with laughter in the case of uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> which, I mean, absolutely so and the other thing that I found potentially interesting about it was the idea that you know the idea that um the uh, the professor Liam Neeson um was making up a ghost and he was like seeing if these people would who all are you know vaguely um psychic would produce a ghost if he told them that there was a ghost there like in the apparition phase yes exactly yeah, I finished that one 
oh my god what an ending oh yeah, my god just the apparition face is so fucking brilliant it's an amazingly brilliant book you know and that is the best way to do that kind of thing as opposed to the end of on who just kind of like threw it out the window you know and also why the fuck would you ever you know it's like was he he just like looking through a whole bunch of mansions that you could go to and he was like oh that looks like it's haunted and it's like did you do no research there's no fucking yeah. way it's not haunted <laughs> too often um with um and, 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 just, and I think this is a situation that started to improve, in, especially in more recent years. But all too often, I mean, it's, it's that general kind of snobbism that's directed towards all genre films. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, you know, this is bollocks. It doesn't need, you know, you know, sod good actors, sod an intelligent script, sod, you know, sort of nuanced direction. What we need is, you know, explosions or tits mm -hmm. or blood or you know we need special you know it's 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 about you know it's, it's about special effects and stuff like that whereas yeah, if you it doesn't really... seem to have any kind of, it doesn't seem it doesn't need to have any kind of internal logic it doesn't need to have any kind of consistency you whereas know? You really want to scare people if you really want to make a horror film that works you look at something like brad anderson's session nine yeah. uh, which is which does which gets right what the haunting gets wrong it is about the place, it is about the characters, it is driven by strong performances, it's driven yeah. by intelligent scripts, gives you rounded characters and gives you this sense of a place that's kind of working on them. And you can't see, you can't quite tell where the supernatural influence of the house and their own neuroses and their yes. own issues, where where one ends and the other begins. But again, I think it, it, it comes down to um, people who don't trust horror and don't understand horror want to explain everything yeah um they're they're pitching it to the person who doesn't actually like horror who's going to be sitting in the in the audience going what i don't understand why did they do that 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 doesn't make any fucking sense la 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 you know and meanwhile people who do understand horror understand that you have to leave holes yeah there yeah. have to be holes in there and you have to assume a certain degree of yeah. intelligence and ability to make connections on the part of the Yes. on the parts of the of, of of the audience i mean how many times have we seen somebody who is a mainstream artist a, a proper artist a, a literary author or a whatever yes. who says who, who, who decides to write a genre as something in genre and there's always this attitude of you know move aside plebs and let me show you <laughs> i'm going to show you thing i'm going to show you, let me show you what i can do with this i'm yeah. going to do some evidence of this that you'll never even have even thought of and it's kind of like yeah somebody did this like 15 years ago yeah dude. or or <laughs> and to be frank it's always that person was actually crazy the entire time yeah or which I'm, is my least favorite type of horror and if the, i think that you're going that way i'm going to throw your book across the room <laughs> ideally especially if you're on the other side of that room in the back yeah, of the room. Exactly. and i mean again uh, it's like um i mean i watched the i endured neil the butte's house of darkness um which despite having justin long in it was was awful and it was kind of like so the whole point of this is yes these these women are vampires and they're they're uh, and they're going to kill and they're going to kill basically arsehole men or men they consider to be arseholes and that's your twist that the vampires you know it's kind of like I mean, oh I'm, but are they vampires yes they're vampires oh but are they yes yes it's kind of like yes, they're fucking vampires, man. an hour and a half of circuitous 
mumbling, barely audible dialogue. Um, there's maybe I think there's maybe one there's one interesting bit which is like when one of the sisters tells a story mm. towards it, which is basically tells you, and that's the only interesting part of the film that you could just cut that out. That would have been the film. That could have been, you know, just had the ending. But it's kind of like, oh, and now you're going to bite him. And now you're going to bite him and drain his blood. That, that would have been the uh, Brian Evanson version, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, archaeological horror. Um, yeah, sorry, you know, you're, you're often going down into a tomb uh, or uh, like a series of tombs. Um, you're often going down under the ground. Um, one of the most interesting uh things about that kind of horror is finding the right thing to riff off of and yeah. you know for example i would love to do something uh about ground penetrating radar oh you know, yeah that thing that they're doing these days where they're trying to figure out how big something was originally and sometimes they find what they this... think are chambers underneath where the chambers cut off you know it's like how do we get down there what is going to happen if we drill there you know what can we possibly get down into what we think is a further part of the tomb or is it just is it just a cave that might be interesting as well you know so yeah. ground penetrating radar that would be amazing um you know i mean so much of uh so much of archaeology kind of crosses over with mythology anyways yeah you know let's face it Troy existed, you know, so it's not insane to um, examine local mythology and um, and storytelling when you're looking for something archaeologically. I mean, you know, as you said, will... with like um, in our very first podcast when we were talking about, yes. uh, you know, sort of frozen horror, uh, we were talking about the face of the Franklin expedition, mm -hmm. um, you know, they were able... One of the main, one of the ways when they were able to locate, you know, the re the remains of the ships, the remains of this, was by asking people who actually fucking lived there. Yes, not you know. a bunch of, you know, sort of, they were a bunch of, you know, knuckle dragging savages who couldn't find their own arse. It's kind of like <laughs> these people have managed to survive in this environment, you know, and <laughs> in this yeah. environment for centuries. Maybe they know something, uh, and maybe if the 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 Franklin expedition had actually you know, communicated with them, they could actually have, um, you know, they might not all end yes. up. Oh, yes, I remember, I remember my great-great-grandfather used to tell me about that weird day when dead men came into the camp and we all yes, just hit. exactly. exactly. <laughs> we were just like, fuck that shit. <laughs> How much horror ultimately revolves around this idea of, oh, here's this old legend or this old yeah. myth or this silly superstition and, oh, actually, hang on. It's not so silly after all. There is actually some real truth to it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, there's a uh, there's a book that I had on my Kindle. Um, still probably do have it, uh, and I cannot remember what it's called. But it's some, it's called something like it's called something like Gods of Egypt. It's not Gods of Egypt, but Gods of something. Um, and uh, and essentially, it's like let's go to this tomb because if we go down far enough we may actually get into the um into the egyptian underworld and oh guess what we did <laughs> we ended up to go through the entire duat <laughs> the, entire, <laughs> the entire egyptian duat which by the way is not 
it's not a, not a place you want to be. <laughs> no, I kind of generally speaking, you know, underworlds and lands of the dead are not places you particularly want to be. Yeah, if, because you know, you know, again, when you come up again, if you get to come up again, you are going to be completely different. You are going to be, you know, you may not even be alive anymore. You may not even be human anymore. You will just be different because there's no way to go through hell and emerge. Yes, come out the same. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, again, I remember people uh, complaining about the end of, <laughs> of uh, As Above, So Below, and basically going, well, what, what was the point of that? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? You know, it's like, yeah. she's gonna be studying that shit for the rest of her life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, whether you can, I mean, I, I tend to remember something Cameron Hurley said, which was, you know, yeah. about, about, you know, a happy ending versus, you know, what, what counted as a happy ending. And she sort of said, well, you know, generally speaking, if the, if the main character's alive at the end, I tend to think that's a happy I don't know if you've or if you've achieved whatever it was you were trying to achieve. Yes. Um, even I mean, even if you don't necessarily survive it, then you can mm -hmm. that can still count as a happy ending. You can you would or, or fulfilled at least. Um, I think Martin Scorsese made the point. He was in terms of Paul Schrader. He says not not you know you being fulfilled is what's important, not necessarily happy. You could be miserable but still fulfilled. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, it's like I did what I set out to do. You know, um, and yeah, I, I I realized that I would have to accept my own guilt um, and admit to my own sin to get back up out of hell, and I did it. You know, yeah. it was hard, but you know, it's like it's uh, it's better than what happened to some of the other people. So yes, again, it's another and another thing that so much horror is about. It's about yeah. being confronted with your sins, and, and yes. sin is obviously a very Judeo-Christian world. But I think either in the sense of something guilt. you've done that's caused that's harmed others, yes, or the stuff within yourself, or the the, the stuff you've done or thought about that that you don't want to acknowledge about yourself, that you don't want to think yourself... That your you your shadow, your shadow yeah. self. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the thing. You have to take your shadow and you have to, have to take it inside of you. Yeah, you, know, you have to it and recognize it. And This thing of darkness, I acknowledge mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was, there's a quote, it's, well, I, I know it from a, it was, I, I mean, I used it myself in, uh, for my, my second collect, as an epigraph to my second collection. Um, and it's, it's quite, it's it's, an, it's the the epigraph to a novel called the Chatham School Affair by Thomas H Cook. It's credited to Lord Herbert of Cherbury, but I've never been able to find the right. verse it comes from. And it is he sees enough who doth his darkness see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's true. And you know, I mean, uh, there is this thing about autism, which is. Uh, yourself right that's that's what you know you you know you are alone because you are all a, a species of one um and you don't you know originally people thought that you didn't want to acknowledge other people and you didn't want to bond with other people that's bullshit <laughs> you know you want to but it's hard and you know a lot of the time the same way that um people look kind of dead uh, out, ex on the outside because what they're actually trying to wrestle with is feeling everything all the time yeah. and not being able to shut it off. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's part of why I've always felt that if you know nothing else, Jon Snow, you better know yourself. Yeah. You know, and there's just so many people who don't want to know themselves too well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like that, that to me is like, no, it's going to come and bite you in the ass. Um, it's going to come up out of a hole and bite you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so when you think about it, the entire underground can be like your subconscious. It can be your id. It can yeah, be all the parts. Go down mm-hmm. and face what's down there. Yes, Hopefully you have to go down again. there and and come back out again. Or whatever's down there, bite your and as you say, bite your ass, and quite possibly other things as well. We we were talking yeah. about how um, you know in the descent, uh, the movie, Neil Marshall's yeah. movie. Um, you know, you get this amazing group of very athletic, very daring women who bond as friends um, through, you know, setting these challenges for themselves, whitewater rafting, hiking, you know, and in this case, caving. Um, But the thing that bites them in the ass is that the two most central members have they share a secret one of whom knows about the secret and one of whom does not know about the secret and this guilt that is unspoken between the two of them um ends up you know it's like it's it's like an intersection of guilt in a weird way because uh, guilt and grief you know it's like this person is um trying to deal with the fact that she was in a terrible car crash and her husband died and her and her daughter died this person yeah. on the other hand ha- is guilty for a completely different way and grief and grief stricken for a completely different reason as well um yeah. but they're stuck together and because of that unspoken guilt and grief the second person makes a decision that puts everybody in danger Yes. And she sees it as, you know, no, 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 no. I, you know, I, this is just what we usually do, but squared, you know, it's like, this is a real, this is real, you know, this is a real daring thing to do. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, because you took us to the wrong fucking cave system. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so even like the one who's like a new protege, but makes like, yeah. don't try to put this on me. You know, yeah. it's like, what did you fucking do? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, Laura is fantastic. Um, not there was she was in the first. They did a um, worth seeing if you can the first couple of seasons anyway if you get the chance. Um, a uh, Irish crime series called Jack Taylor. Which stars yeah. um, Glenn, um right, Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for a lot of people, but she plays the sort of the uh, female detective who's his sort of sort of partner in the uh, in, in investigations and a kind of potential love interest. But for some bizarre reason, when it got to the third season, uh, they didn't use they, they 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 replaced the lead actress with someone who didn't even vaguely resemble her and had all That's the very weird. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing there, but yeah. um, I mean, I I. <laughs> I, I understand that there are often like uh, production-oriented reasons for doing stuff like that, but yeah. uh, I hope it wasn't just she asked for too much money, so we got rid of her. 
that was uh, that wasn't a good move, that guys. Yeah. That didn't, it didn't work. It's not a good look either. Anyway, um, you know, so, yeah, you know, it's like uh, uh, this is an Irish woman and this is also an Irish woman. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's the same, you know. Who can tell? Who can tell one from the other? The other yeah, you know? exactly. And we're just going to be watching. Everyone's just going to be looking at Ian Glenn, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, totally it's, it's like swapping out Wumi uh, Musaku uh, for um, Cynthia Rebo and 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 just pretending they're the same person. <laughs> I mean, of course, I mean, some of that recasting thing, I mean, kind of goes back, I suppose, to the theatrical tradition when, um, you know, if you had a long running play, especially, um, you know, if somebody had to drop out or uh, or left for whatever reason, it's like, OK, we just get somebody else in to play the part. Uh, but of course, when, you, when you're watching something like when, it, when it's on when it's on TV or on a, on a film or whatever, or a series of films, it's much more noticeable. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, am I insane, or is that a completely different person? Yeah, and of course, with actors, there is that there is that that chemistry. There's the you know the sort of the rapport that they build, and the um, you know it it it, it changes the whole thing. Um, you know, it depends on. I think um, I was reading Anthony Shares diaries about. Um, I think when he he was in uh, the play Moliere, and mm. uh, it was one act one actor played um, Bouton, who's like Moliere's kind of. Um, uh, servant mm. uh, who's like and the, the guy who and he and another actor kind of took over from the part and he said he, he played him completely differently yeah completely different character and so that and of course that's going to affect the the other actor's performance you know it all, it all has that kind of knock-on effect yeah uh, absolutely you know yeah, it's, so it's like knocking out a, a pillar and expecting things not to shift to the side yeah there's i mean there's a lot i mean Going on, dragging your topic there, but yeah, the descent. I mean, the, the, one of the great things about it is very much a film. Uh, you know, it's virtually an all. It's an all women horror film. The only, the only men who play any significant role are the crawlers. Yes. And, you know, um, and and even there, uh, one of the biggest crawler roles is actually a woman. True, true. I did notice one of the lead crawlers is played. I think it's the actor Craig Conway who plays the the main antagonist in Doomsday. Um, <laughs> he's in. I think he pops up in. I'm not sure if he's in. Dog, I can't remember if he's in Dog Soldiers. I think he's in the beginning of Dog Soldiers. He's one of the. He's yeah. the cop you see at the beginning of Dog Soldiers who get ripped oh, apart. Oh, he is. Yes. So he's the bloke. So I think he pops up in a lot of Neil Marshall's films. Um, but uh, oh yeah, Doomsday's. I love that film. But anyway, sorry. Back on topic, Westwood. We're talking yeah, about underground horror. Topic. But I mean, my, yes. great. I mean, Mayanna Buring as well. Who's always uh, she's so in so much cracking genre films. Um, yeah. So, so fucking good. Um, and, you know, so to see these these women um, interacting with each other under pressure, being very different people, but, you know, all with that very feminine, very female energy, you know, yeah. which is which is not necessarily nurturing and supportive and everything that we, you know, that we're told that, you know, female energy is. But, um, yeah. Uh, just, just fucking, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it is pretty much a masterpiece of the genre, um, yeah. you know, and, and when most people think of underground horror, they think of The Descent. And you can hear the final part of our discussion of underground horror at the same time next week. No Darkness But Us is made possible through generous donations from horror enthusiasts just like you. If you'd like to support us, you can sign up to our Patreon and get access to exclusive content, or you can make a one-off donation via Ko-Fi. Links in the description below. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know in the comments, 
share and subscribe and don't forget to hit the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. Let us know as well if there's anything you'd really like to hear us talking about in the future and we'll be back with more at the same time next week. As ever, I have been Simon Bestwick. And I remain Gemma Files. And this and remains no darkness, darkness. but hearts. <laughs> <laughs>